0: And welcome to episode 55 of the Lace Them Up Podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth.
1: I'm Brett Dubuff.
0: Jack Eichel is back with a vengeance. We'll talk about his big week. We'll also talk about uh, Connor McDavid and who the fans think is his biggest rival, at least the fans that we pulled on our Twitter page. Um, in the Are They For Real segment, again, one team from the East, one team from the West. Will their good fortunes continue? Will their bad fortunes continue? We'll debate. Uh, also, uh, a couple of players back from injury. A lot of others um, got hurt this week, as tends to be the case for most weeks. Uh, Ryan Burke uh, hears about an idiot offer on Dougie Hamilton, and it creates a firestorm, so we'll talk about that. And Mike Smith had a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and we got a little history lesson behind that. But first... um, Shout-outs to all the players past and present who have worn number 55 in the NHL. Obviously, Sergei Gonchar, Nicholas Cronwall, Ed Jovanovsky, Larry Murphy. Actually, a lot of people who uh, wear number 55 that are making names for themselves. Mark Scheifele, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, Johnny Boychuk, uh, Jeff and Nick Schultz. Uh, also have a couple of uh, NHLers in the past that wore number 55, uh, such as Steve Smith the one that scored on his own net uh, for Edmonton that one playoffs way back when. Uh, Jason Blake, Eric Daze, uh, Jochen Hash, all of them were number 55. So to all those individuals and the individuals I did not mention, this podcast is for you. <music> It's time
1: to lace them up.
0: Here's Brett and Steve.
1: So, uh, the long return of Jack Eichel, um, is here. Um, he's been gone for, um, months, it seems. Well, I guess two, two months. Um, yeah, close to two months. Close to two months, yeah. Uh, it was well worth the wait, though. It's well worth the wait, yeah, exactly. So, on uh so yeah he returned on Tuesday we kind of teased it on a last episode where we're like he might return this week so he uh he faced uh the Ottawa Senators on Tuesday of course, of course yeah he got a goal in the first period assists and he also got an assist that game um and then on Wednesday on, on Thursday sorry on Thursday he uh f- faced the Rangers. He had uh, two goals in that game, too, um, with two points. Um, And then he played yesterday against the Bruins, yesterday being Saturday, Um, and uh, he didn't get any points. But um, it's still impressive. Uh, He had four points in two games, or four points in three games. That's uh, nothing to laugh at, really. Um, But, um, I mean, I think... We'll talk about this in Bruins Sens. I think it was more the Sens had, like, a ton of, like, few shots that game. So, it's not really his fault that uh, he didn't score um, in that game. But, um, yeah, so uh, so this is, like, a boost for the Sabres here. Um, also, in that uh, Senators game, right, Ryan Rob Riley got, like, two goals, I believe, um, yeah. and an assist. So, yeah. Um, we're not going to do like an are they for real because they kind of aren't. But, um, like, uh, how will this affect the Sabres and the Eastern conference that we've talked about? Um, I guess is our question today. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, as I predicted, I thought they would go third, third in the Atlantic and I don't think that's going to happen now, but, Um, At the time you made
0: that prediction, though, Jack Eichel, uh... Right, was healthy. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I thought, like... And I think O'Reilly has been injured, too, and so has... And Evander Kane has also been injured. So that had an effect on why they're not doing as well, but... Yeah, well, right now, they're the only team in the Atlantic that has a losing record. Um... Although I guess Detroit technically has a losing record because they're eleven and eleven, but Buffalo's nine and ten, and five with twenty three points. So they're they're near. They could. I mean, they're not like that far behind. Like say um, Boston and Tampa Bay, who have twenty nine points. So they're like uh, a good six points away, but. The, um, I do quick math there, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, Jack Eichel's back guys. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, he got 24 goals in 81 games last year. Uh, first three games this year, he got three goals. So that's right uh, on pace for 81 goals. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, and last year he was averaging just under 20 minutes of ice time per game. First three games this year not even 19 minutes per game, a little close to it. Um, This is a guy, though, who makes the most of his ice time, and he's always looking to improve his two-way game, and I think that's important. Uh, And Buffalo really needs offense beyond their power play. Um, This is a team who has scored more more than four goals or four or more goals, I should say, just four times in their first twenty in their first twenty-four games. Two of those games came this past week. They got five against Ottawa, four against the Rangers, and uh, in Jack Eichel's debut, the Sabers get three power play goals. They go four for ten with the extra man um, this week as well, and two of the three goals that Eichel uh-huh. their their power play has actually been in the top ten in the NHL's top ten but you look at their five on five goals for, they have 30 of them. That's a league worse. That's a league low this year. So when you have a guy that doesn't rely on the power play to produce offense, that can only help your team score goals, get leads and win hockey games. He is the total package. He's a marked man. Every time he's on the ice and he is the X factor of the Buffalo Sabres. So it's good that the Sabres have him back in the lineup because they need him.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that goes without saying they need him. Um, And, uh, but yeah, he, uh, it looks like he's improved a lot since he, uh, since last season. Cause last season it was all, oh, it was just talk about McDavid, Panarin, mm-hmm. uh, Ghost Bear, all those guys. And now it's like Eichel's in the mix now. And especially, uh, when you consider that, like now you add in Matthews and, uh, Line a into the mix, it's, um, you know, Eichel kind of has to stand out now and, uh, uh, I don't know I, I think our um I think the league is in good hands with all these young guys now, so um, yeah,
0: for sure, and I think the fact that they're talking about you know Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William or in Marner, their division, exactly. he kind of flies under the radar, and I think that's perfect because uh,
1: sometimes you know people thrive under pressure, yep. other times people benefit from having no pressure on them at all. Yeah, that's true. Although, I mean, in a weird way, though, I feel like because he was like because there was so much hype in that draft of McDavid and Eichel and whatnot, I feel like um, he should have more hype, Eichel. But um, you know, well, maybe he'll, maybe he will once he starts get once he starts to really get going, but. Um, and maybe that fuels the fire a little bit, too, yeah. you know, talking about everyone else and no right. one's talking about him, so he has to make a statement of his own. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he has in the first two games where, he, you know, especially when he scored in the first period uh, there. So, yeah, that's a good point. Speaking of which, uh, I guess we'll go to our poll of the week question. Um, so, it is very related to uh, Eichel's return, uh, McDavid is uh, by far the um, the points leader right now. Um, he has, currently, this is Sunday, he has 34 points. Uh, the next closest in points is uh, Nikita Kucherov, who has 29 points. Um, so, he's uh, well on his way to being the best player alive right now, or if he's not already. Um um, so, so that got us to thinking with all these young guys that we just talked about, who is McDavid's biggest rival? Um, so I have, uh, Eichel, Austin Matthews, I, I had Crosby cause you know, he's also, um, you know, he's like supposedly the next Crosby. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Patrick Laine as options. Um, there's 12% of the vote. Um, 12, 12, not 12% of the vote, 12 votes in. Uh, 50% picked uh, Eichel, um, which is, I guess, as we were saying, it's like he's a bit, you know, Eichel's a bit under the radar, I guess, not according to these people. So um, I guess that's good uh, for Eichel. Uh, Matthews and Crosby split the rest of the votes with 17%. And uh, line A had 16, percent so um, yeah, it's um, that's uh, pretty cool. I don't know, <laughs>
0: yeah. In case you don't recall, Eichel was hurt when the Sabres and Oilers squared off for uh, their first meeting of the season, right? And you know, when you talk about Connor McDavid, a guy who gets 10 three point games in his in the first 70 games of his NHL career, he's due to lose a few. Uh, one-on-one battles um i think patrick liney is, as for the most likely to build a rivalry because it's tough to build a rivalry with
1: guys like matthews and Cosby right because they're not in their conference yeah. when you only play them twice
0: a year winnipeg mind you they only play them i think three times a yeah year, but still uh in your conference and right you know a bit of international competition well, as, as
1: well so yeah uh, I was mostly, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I was mostly thinking, that in terms of rivalry, I was mostly thinking of, like, a Crosby-Ovechkin kind of thing. But, yeah, yeah it could be, you're right, though. But, like, you know, because Crosby and Ovechkin were in different divisions at the time, so. But, yeah, no, I guess that's a good point. Of those four, the most likely would be Line A, just because he, <laughs> Line A's in their in his division. I his think the biggest obstacle but, for McDavid right now is is leading
0: his team on a consistent path. I mean, true.
1: their power play goes zero for
0: six against Toronto, and then against Winnipeg they go three for four. So yeah. I, I think it's more the internal battle and looking after his own team that right. he needs to be concerned about. He I don't think he really cares about the rivalries. That's true. I don't.
1: I mean, I don't think any of these players really care about their rivalries yeah, either. Yeah, it all takes. Um, I just thought it was an interesting question because because yeah. yeah. I just wanted to make something of like like, who, who's the best young player, but then if I did that, everyone would say McDavid, so yeah. um, so I just had to do it that way, but yeah, it is interesting for Edmonton's sake, because they're, it seems like McDavid is, like, their best player right now, um, but like, you know, they kind of stink without him, um, or when he's off the ice, so mm-hmm. it's not like he can do everything. Um, All right, I guess that's time for our Are They For Real section here. Um, Pittsburgh, we'll start with one with uh, Pittsburgh, our Crosby's team here. They're 15-7-3. They have 33 points. They're second in the Metropolitan right now. Um, they, um, I think they're on a, oh no, they're not on, I thought they were on like a long game winning streak, but no, they're just on a two game winning streak. Uh, they, uh, they're third in goals per game, 24th in goals against, um, of course they have Crosby, Malkin, Schultz, um, not Schultz, sorry, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, um, all those guys, um. And uh, I guess the, uh, I, I'd i say they are because they won. I'd say they are for real because, you know, when you have Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Latang, you're always in it. Um, you They also got Hornquist back this week, which we'll talk about in a bit. But, like, I'd say they are for real. The only thing that kind of is interesting here with this team right now is, um, what are they going to do with the Matt Murray uh Marc-Andre Fleury situation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll agree with me with that because um, they're both pretty good goalies right now. And um, although Murray has a 2.02 02 goals against average, although he's only played nine games, he's 7-2. and two. Um, His save percentage is 929. versus is Marc-Andre Fleury, who has three goals against um, average. Uh, 3.27, and his save percentage is 9.04, which isn't too bad, but not as good as Matt Murray. Slightly worse than Matt Murray, but, um, and he's only played 17 games, so it's it's kind of like, um, it's a situation with, like, the Flames or the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning is, it seems like the backup is playing much better than the starter right now, so Mm -hmm. um, I'd be curious, uh... I'd be curious to if Matt Murray will ever be the starter, and if he is the starter, can he carry that load from the team? I mean, it's kind of interesting. With like when you're on a, uh, when you're the Penguins' goaltender, you don't really need to worry too much about goalies because you have Malkin and Crosby who will help out in that regard. But um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you do have a goalie controversy now.
0: Yeah, and I, I think. You're you're getting you, you this conversation has been actually rather
1: quiet right. over the past couple of weeks. But as we get closer and
0: closer to the trade deadline, that's probably gonna be the yeah. biggest talking point outside
1: it, of Bishop and Vasilevsky
0: and what they do. And especially
1: I mean, with uh, Las, the Las Vegas expansion draft coming mm-hmm, soon. Yeah, so. coming yeah. closer and closer as well. And you talk about Crosby, Malkin and Kessel,
0: they're all in the top ten in uh, the league scoring race as we're talking on this podcast. Right. Um so the fact they're also a top five thre- a top five offensive threat, as you mentioned, uh, also suggests that, you know, they're a good team. And, and their record indicates that as well. Um, I, I just think that defense that several people questioned last season, including myself, I think there's reason to doubt them once more. Because um, it's their overall penalty kills below 80%, also near the bottom five. Uh, and you look at the road power play, it's also been off-key. Uh, it's been in the bottom five for some time. And um, they've also given up uh, three goals while on the power play as well, um, which is uh, not a stat that uh, you want to have this time of year. Um, they're also in the top ten when it comes to minor penalties, um, which I think is a bit of a concern. Seventh and block shots. They are 10th in the league in hits. Uh, They've also taken the third most face-offs in the NHL, and that might explain why their face-off percentage is pretty low because um, obviously, you know, you're not going to win every single face-off that you take, even with Crosby on your team. Um, But again, what's undeniable is how they generate offense. Uh, They lead the league in shots for. they They're going to be a playoff threat if they continue to do so. If they rely on their defense and their offense goes cold, they won't repeat as cup champs this year. Um, in my opinion, too soon to tell if this team is real, but I think they could be if they get on a roll at the right time like they did last yeah. year. And you look at their defense, haven't it hasn't changed all that much from the year before. It's practically the same defense, and they won the cup with the, with that defense. And this is also important to keep in mind. They have won a league-high five games when trailing after 40 minutes. So this is a never-say-die team. Yeah. This team doesn't quit. And um, a, a prime example was that game against Detroit. They were down 3-1 after two, score four goals in the third, they win 5-3. Right. So if their offense continues to be one of the league's best, um, they're as good as their record indicates. But I yeah. still think their defense and what they do with either Murray or Fleury is, is going to be the
1: talking point moving forward, especially if they struggle. Yeah, I think like – I think it's like it's tough to say like they're not for real when they won the Stanley Cup. It seems kind of silly to say like, "Hey, they're not for real." It's like, "Oh, but they won last, you know, last time." But um, so in that sense, yeah, I don't know if they're for real. But yeah, you're right the same the same issues last year uh, plagued them this year. Is you know, is their defense up to snuff? Um, and, then, and now it's added on with this whole, like, Matt Murray, Marc-Andre Fleury th- thing, con- controversy going. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's something to look out for, for sure. Um, our second team that we we're going to talk about is the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Um, they're 13-10-1, fourth in the Pacific Division. 15 goals per game, 2.5. Uh, their their 12th goals against, um, the, which they also have 2.5 goals against, uh, which is kind of cool. Jeff Carter is their leading scorer with 19 points, 10 goals, ten uh, 9 assists. Um, and then uh, Gabarik was back. I don't know if we mentioned that on the podcast, but Gabarik was back. Yeah, briefly back. last
0: week we mentioned yeah.
1: that they activated him. Exactly. Um you know, of course, Jonathan Quick is still out, but there's um, Peter Budai has, has 2.15 goals against average with a save percentage of 9.12. Um, so, it's not terrible, um, but it's not like what Quick was doing, um, you know, a couple of years ago. So, it's the Kings are a weird team to me, because I feel like they're always like a late bloomer in this kind of stuff, like... Eventually, they you know they just pick it up towards the end, and they're all of a sudden they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. So, um, you know, like at the beginning of the year, they're never really that great, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, about to win their third Stanley Cup in a row, kind of thing. So, um, or not in a row, but their third Stanley Cup. So, um, I think it's. It's tough. They're another team that it's tough to say if they're for real or not, just because I know their history. Um, you can't like the Kings and the Blackhawks are the only two teams to me that you can never count out just because of their recent history. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, and it's also tough considering quick is injured. And, uh, that's kind of like a, it's a weird thing to say because he's a big part of their team. So, um, it, I'd say they're for real, too. Um, but they do need to pick it up. Um, yeah. So maybe they're not for real. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, when, when you give up the first goal, how about this? They've given up the first goal in three straight games. And they're without their number one goalie, arguably their best player. All I can say about the LA Kings right now is they're proving they can win without Jonathan Quick between the pipes. And that's a good sign, um, you know, if this happens again. Because, you um, they're not a great team as great as I thought they'd be. Obviously I assume quick was going to be healthy back right. then. Uh, but they're a lot better than I expected, you know, without them in the lineup. And part of the reason behind their early season success is their ability to do the little things right. And they've always been good at that lead the league in hits by a very wide margin. The second closest is Philly and they're not really close. I think they're 50, 60, 70 hits behind them. Uh, they're doing a respectable job in the face off dot as well. um, they, however, they have the second most missed. Uh, they have the second most missed shot attempts. Only Philly has more. Um, they have trouble scoring the first twenty minutes of the game. Yet they are five and zero in overtime games this season. Somehow they're five um, and zero. And also helps when they give up the fewest shots on goal per game in the NHL. At last check, it was twenty five point seven shots per game, uh, and that is also. Um, that's also probably the main reason why in 11 of 13, in 11 of the 13 games that they've won, they've outshot their opponent because they don't give up too many shots. Uh, special teams has been brutal though. Uh, penalty kill hasn't been atrocious, hasn't been great though. Their power play, however, has been atrocious. It's in the bottom five, not even at 15%. Um, Alec Martinez has been a good surprise, though. 14 points in his first 24 games, that's pretty good. Nick Dowd has 11 points of his own. That's been a good surprise. Um, a slight resurgence of Dustin Brown, that's uh, caught me by surprise as well. He's got 11 points in 24 games. Um, but like you said, some guys need to step it up. Jake Muzzin's got six points. Anse Kopitar has only scored two goals. Uh, those are the first two names that come to mind for me. Um, but in my opinion, we're not even talking about whether or not this team is real. If it's not for Peter Budai, uh, this is a guy who went from a solid plan B for Carey price in the Canadians to an AHL goalie to the guy that saved the Kings season as of today. Uh, like you mentioned, top 10 and wins 2.15 GAA. And he's not standing on his head, but he's making the key saves when he's had to. And I think in order to win games, that's what you need. You need the key saver to from your goalie. Um, like like you said, I don't know what to make of this team, but if they can stay afloat and maybe take off if quick re- uh, take off and and run if uh, quick returns, uh, maybe they have a shot of making the playoffs this year. But if you look at the standings right now, and I know it's early, but four teams are one point back of the Kings for the first wild card spot in the West. Yeah. So they have some comp. They have some very close competition right now. and noth- Not much is separating them and you look at teams like Calgary and Winnipeg in that mix, too, and you look at some of the issues that they have, Right. um, anything goes in the Wild Wild West these days, uh, even though the East has been arguably stronger, which we'll get to later, but um, I think it depends on how soon they get Jonathan Quick back in the lineup and where they are in the standings. If if they can go on a roll then, um, then maybe this team is a playoff team. But I don't know really what to make of this team, simply because we haven't seen how well they can play without Jonathan Quick uh, for an extended period of time. Although the initial signs indicate they're doing pretty well. They're doing better than a lot of people. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, isn't he, like, going to miss, like, an entire – I thought he was going to miss, like, half the season, so he might be well, back yeah, in February the, w- the, the, or the or initial something.
0: ruling was, I think, three months thereabouts.
1: Oh, maybe. so he might be back pretty soon then.
0: Yeah, it's maybe sooner than people think. I've, maybe one to two months right. is realistic, but –
1: yeah, that's a good point, though, about, like, you know, they're still in the thick of it. They're, for, like, they're currently, I don't know if they're in a, play- oh, no, they are in a playoff spot. Yeah, they have lot of spot, like you said, 20, you know. uh, 26 but points, this is, uh, the four teams have 26 yeah. points, right on. This is December we're talking about, so they yeah, still have a, <laughs> a couple of months left. On. But, yeah, no, but that is a good point, though, considering that they do they are in the Pacific Division, which is still the weakest division. I mean, Edmonton's good now, but, um, you know, you also have Calgary, Vancouver, and Arizona in there. So, um, yeah, they can they can definitely make a run once everyone's healthy, like, quick, and Gabbert gets his legs back. So, um, yeah, there's that. Um, speaking of re- people returning and whatnot... Uh, Our first item on the rapid fire, Uh, a lot of guys returned, Um, namely uh, Taylor Hall, uh, Brian Little, and Patrick Hornquist. Um, As we made a mention about uh, Taylor Hall a while ago when he got injured, um, he made his his debut on Thursday against the Blackhawks, Uh, he didn't get any points, but... Uh, yesterday uh or i always say yesterday when i forget like oh where this is going to be on monday um so on saturday um he had a goal and two assists uh against nashville um and they won i think he actually got the overtime goal did he no i
0: think Cam O'Leary did but i think he uh, played a yeah, yeah. part in setting it up oh no, yeah he had,
1: he got the assist there yeah. um cuz i remember like looking us like I remember looking at the uh, the box scores there. It was just like, oh, did he, uh, I guess he didn't score. But, yeah, yeah they, no, they, he... And they beat a national
0: team who, prior to that game, hadn't give up hadn't given up more than two goals in a home game this year, yeah. and they gave up five.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, Pekka Rini has been really, really good, which we'll talk about soon, too. But, um, the, uh... Yeah, the, uh... So, yeah, Taylor Hall's back, um... I guess we can. I don't know if we should do this one at a time, but yeah. So Taylor Hall is back. Um, so well, like you know, they got this guy and um, over the off season to be that guy. So um, it only took him one game to really get settled in. It seems like so he got three mm-hmm. points um, for them, and I don't know. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, to do that against a to,
0: defensive team like Nashville, that's yeah, pretty impressive. Only your impressive second too. game back.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, we can only expect him to see more of that kind of stuff. So
0: I think it also helps when he when he fa- when he's faced most of the Western Conference teams already in his career, right. which some of his other teammates haven't really
1: done. done that, probably yeah. for most of their careers probably helps him. Yeah, that's true. Um, another guy who's a little underrated, or every whenever you talk about him, it, it always seems like people like he's underrated, but. Uh, Brian Little was back. He only played two games in the months of October and November, but he uh, he came back um, in December. Um, he uh, got a goal against Edmonton, um, and then on Sat uh, on Thursday, and then on Saturday he returned again and he got um, a goal and an assist in St. Louis. Oh, he returned. Yeah, also he returned in November, uh, he didn't get yeah, any points. Yeah, he returned yeah. Uh, the, the, in the final days in November, yeah, on
0: Tuesday against uh, the Hurricanes, it was No, it was it, the
1: Devils, was it? it was the Devils.
0: The Devils, okay. Yeah, I don't think he recorded a, a, a did he record a point in that game? No, he didn't. No, he didn't, no. No, he didn't, but uh, yeah, two goals, three points, and his
1: three games back, that's pretty good, yeah. also got the OT winner in that St. Louis game, too. yeah. Winnipeg has a lot of injuries too, so it's uh, good that they uh, got Brian Little back because he uh, he'll help their team in the meantime. Like mm-hmm. I think, like Tyler Myers, there's um, another guy. Um, Marco Dana wasn't Mark hurt, O'Dana, but he, yeah. he he was probably a couple inches higher, and he probably got a caught in the puck in the eye. So it looks like Mark Scheifele is slightly injured now too. So um, yes. that might be something I don't know. Um, yeah, so, yeah, uh, Brian Lindell's back. Um, Woo! Um, <laughs> actually, I'm just looking at the stats right here in the Central Division. Winnipeg yeah. is uh, tied for third. Are yeah. like there's four teams that have 26 points in the Central Division here. Um, so that's <laughs> that's something. Um, and then uh, lastly, we have uh, Patrick Hornquist. Uh, he made his debut on Wednesday, uh, against the Islanders, um, in a loss, um, but he got an assist there. Um, I think he's on Crosby's line now, um, I'm going to explain
0: why he's got a three-game point streak going.
1: Oh, yeah, he also has a three-game point streak. Um. And
0: i will probably stop at three, because I probably just jinxed him.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Um. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully yeah. for the Sens, that's the case, because that's who they get next. <laughs> of course. Um, the uh, the Stars have a... Uh, and then on Thursday, the next day, he had a goal and an assist. And then on Saturday, he had an assist. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's Patrick Hornquist. We just talked about the Penguins. Um, yeah shortage of depth whatsoever. Yeah, more depth... Uh, that's what makes the Penguins really good is their their forward depth. You know, I don't think Haglin has been that great either. So, but um, like whenever I think of their depth, I'm like, oh yeah, they have Carl Haglin on their team. So, um, but yeah, he hasn't been great. But yeah, so that's a, an added depth for them. Um, now we go to uh, people who have been injured. Um, so there's two on there's two players on t- on a team. The Blackhawks. Uh, Jonathan Tays, he's been injured for a while. He's been day-to-day, but now he's officially on the IR. He had a back injury. I forget if we mentioned it at the time or not, but um, he was day-to-day, but now they put him on on IR. Uh, so Jonathan Tays is on IR. And also uh, Crawford, who has an acute appendicitis. He's out two to three weeks, roughly. Um, so... Uh, we are, you know, the Blackhawks are known to be a resilient team, but uh, now they don't have their captain or their starting goaltender. So, um, they're leading the they're leading their their division in uh with thirty five points. Um, you know, they, of course, they still have Patrick Kane and Panarin and um, Hossa and all those guys. So Duncan Keith. So they, uh, so of course they're still going to be good, but um, it's going to be tough for them. I feel like, um, but this is the Blackhawks we're talking about. It doesn't yeah. seem like toughness seems to fa- like any adversity seems to face them. So
0: well, yeah. I mean, you look at you just look at some of the other teams who are dealing with injuries like yeah. Darnell Nurse of Edmonton. He's right. out long term. Like he's not a big contributor to their defense yet. But still, for a yeah. team that lacks depth on defense, especially that, a young
1: team like that too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and 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 then Patrick Sharp. You have just found out today that he's undergoing concussion protocol again. Right. So that's a step back for the Stars, who also don't have Yuri Hoodler. He's been out for a long time, right? Uh, um, and um, like the Red Wings, they're
1: the Red Wings banged up. Yeah. Peter
0: Gertuzzi, Brendan Smith, all out multiple weeks. Um. And uh, just found out that Colorado Eric Eric Johnson's out six to eight weeks with a broken fibula. Took yep. a, took a, 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 a big shot and it hurt him, and he's out six to eight weeks. So you look at all those other teams that are probably that probably are going to be faced by all those injuries. The Hawks are going to be fine. The yeah. Hawks have always, whenever they faced adversity, they've always proven the naysayers
1: wrong. I don't expect this to be any different. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, however. Since, if they were lost to the season, though, then maybe maybe yeah.
0: have the finger closer to the panic button. But mm-hmm.
1: it's—I
0: I don't imagine that they—they'll probably both be back. In my opinion, my prediction—they'll both be back by the time we record the next podcast.
1: So. Right. But by the way, um, we're going to take next week off. Um, it's more personal issues for me. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah. Yeah, well, I guess I can tell them. It's I, you know, I uh It's the exam life, you'll understand. exam life. Yeah, I'm still a student, so um but um yeah, no, but like as we as we were saying, I don't know if Chicago um will keep the league, keep the lead in the central. Uh St. Louis has 32 points, Chicago mm-hmm. has 35 points right now. So I don't know I don't know. I feel like this like, they'll drop down a bit, but I don't yeah, know I, if they'll be...
0: I don't think they're going to be as dominant, but I think they're going to
1: manage. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a good way to say um, Alright, uh, in other news, uh, Brian Burke. Uh, so, there was a lot of trade rumors that Dougie Hamilton uh, was on the... Or the Flames were looking to trade Dougie Hamilton... Um, so Brian Burke and uh Brad Troll I don't know, how to Tre- living for Tre- Tre- living um had That's to awesome. like speak to the media and say, Hey, we're not trading Dougie Hamilton. We wouldn't give up uh two seconds and a first for him. So um which is true. But I thought this was an interesting quote from him or how it actually started, so uh, so there was a team, there was a team that a GM gave uh, asked Burke for like or asked for Dougie in like an, as Burke says, an insulting offer. Um, Burke said that they told the team we're not moving him and the next time you have an idea that's stupid, just save the quarter. Don't go to the payphone. Um, and then that team started telling other teams, yeah, we made an offer on Hamilton, and now it's a rumor, it's got legs, this is according to Burke, I'm exactly quoting him, someone's like, wow, they must be moving him, um, and then, um, and then, so, that's just how the rumor started for them, um, and as Burke knows, he's, you know, he used to be the Toronto Maple Leafs guy, um, so, um, Yes, yeah, so they're not trading him. Um, I guess that's not a huge surprise because of the fact that they gave up that much. But as a Bruins fan, I kind of so kind of wish they these rumors were true um, that they are. But that doesn't yeah. say that doesn't say that they aren't shopping him either because you know the the Montreal Canadiens said the same thing about PK Subban. You um, know, a lot of teams do the same thing where they say like, "Oh yeah, we're not trading this guy." But then like secretly they are, so um, it is still possible, but um, I don't and know. As he, not said, like, as he said and other people have
0: echoed many times before, And Wayne Gretzky was traded.
1: Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Wayne Drated Gretzky was traded. Times, no matter of fact. So uh, and, and, yeah, I I heard also somewhere
0: that it would take twenty first round picks, hypothetically oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. to pry Dougie
0: Hamilton from Brian Burke's cold dead hands, so yeah, the bar's been set enormously high,
1: if that's the case. But was uh, probably just kidding. Yeah. At the same time, it's like Dougie Hamilton hasn't been as good. Like, I think that was the Bruins biggest fear when he was on when the Flames got him was that he was going to be another Sagan where um, he's <clears throat> going to be that like guy who's going to get all these points and like we will never hear the end of it. Um, he does have 10 assists, but two goals, um, you know, the Flames aren't doing so well right now, uh, other, although we, I guess our next topic is Chad Johnson, but, um, the, uh, it's like, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been as flashy as, uh, Tyler Sagan has been on the, the Stars, so, uh, it's good that we're not, like, hearing so much about him, but, Um, you know, maybe he'll pick it up. Uh, who knows? I'm probably wrong on that. So, um, yeah. Um, so speaking of the Flames, Chad Johnson has, uh, three shutouts in November and I think he started like the last, let me look here. I think he started like the last five games maybe, um, Let's see. When was the last I time? I think Elliot got the start on Monday against the Islanders. But other than that, yeah, he's pretty much started the. But that was different because month. they played on Sunday, didn't they? Yeah, so he, it was either Sunday or Monday.
0: They played the Islanders, and Elliot got the start, and
1: they yeah, lost in overtime. Yeah, so Elliot played on Monday, and then um, yeah, and then he played last Monday on Buffalo. So yeah, he hasn't been the starter in a, like a long time. Um, I wouldn't say that. I guess you. This is a thing that's been going on for a bit now. But yeah, I guess Elliot's not the the guy anymore, which is interesting because you know they got him um in the off season. But yeah, so Johnson's. What's, what's pretty much also been worth the, noting about Brian Elliott though is that he's they didn't sign to a contract extension.
0: He's in a contract year actually, so this got to hurt his value, and um. By the way, it should be mentioned, two of those 3 shoutouts from Chad Johnson came in the final yep. week of, of the month. Uh, won nine of his first 14 starts this year. 2.05 GAA. His, his season's safe percentage, seventh best among NHL goalies who have played in at least 10 games. In just three of his 14 appearances, he surrendered four goals or more, which yep. is obviously better than numbers than Brian Elliott has put up. Now, he might be the better goalie now. But I've seen this before in Calgary when they made the miraculous run. They had Jonas Hiller and Kari Rambo. When yep. one wasn't going, the other was red hot. True. And the question is Chad Johnson's the better goalie now, but is he the better goalie going forward? Right.
1: And I think that's the decision they have to make in Calgary. That's true. Uh, so I just looked, up he- looked it up here. So in the 11 games, um, so starting in November 15th when they play the Minnesota Wild. Johnson has started nine of them. Um, so I guess he is the official starter now. Um, the unofficial starter, yeah. The uno- unofficial, official starter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess there's no, like, other than, like, Price, Rask, and Anderson, uh, I guess there's a couple other ones. But I was going to say, like, it doesn't seem like every, like every team has, like, two starters. But I guess that's not exactly true. Um, But um, Holby as well. Um, But yeah, so I actually I think Chad Johnson like has what it takes um, to be a starter here. Um, Obviously, he's red hot now, and um, he didn't play so great when he was a backup for Buffalo, New York, or Boston, but. Um, he actually won 21 games with Buffalo, although I 22. think that most of that game when Leonard was hurt, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't think he was a... Yeah, that's a good point. But, like, in the... Uh, and he was decent for Boston, too. He had 17 wins um, when he was here. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, he's he's now good in Calgary, so... Um, maybe he will be for real. We'll we'll see. It's yeah, one of those things. Yeah, you look at guys
0: like Craig Anderson; yeah. like
1: they were decent backups, but then they became starters, and they're lights out good. So True.
0: maybe some people are better. Some goalies are better backups than they are starters.
1: Yeah. And some goalies are better starters than they are backups. Yeah, I'm just looking at his stats here. Um, he's actually he was actually born in Calgary, and he's mm-hmm. 30 years old. So. Um, you know, this could be his time. Um, yeah. But, like, this is one of those things that we'll have to, like, you know, maybe we'll come back to this in, like, February or something, and we'll be like, oh, is Chad Johnson still good? We'll yeah, see. The fact, the fact of the matter yeah. is Calgary's winning games with him in the lineup, so they're keeping him in there. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, so we have, um, so I guess we have some time here that we can uh, talk about. I was going to have 5 items but we we can do 6 here. So um three there are uh in the Eastern Conference we have three losing teams. Um uh, Carol, uh Carolina Hurricanes and the uh the Islanders and the um the Buffalo Sabres are the three losing teams in the Eastern Conference. Um Which is, uh, it just shows, because usually it's like the Metropolitan's usually good, because you have Crosby, Ovechkin, Lundqvist, those guys. Um, And then, but like nowadays, you have New Jersey, Philadelphia, Toronto, Florida, Tampa Bay are all, well not Tampa Bay, but uh, Florida, Ottawa, um, Columbus are all picking it up, and they all have winning records, especially for Ottawa and Columbus, because You Ottawa is second in their division, Uh, Columbus is third in theirs, Um, Montreal has been good now too with Carey Price and Radulov and Shea Weber making good acquisitions for them, so yeah, so the Eastern Conference, like a couple of years ago, Western Conference used to be the uh, place um, where all the good teams were, but... Mm -hmm. Which I guess is still kind of the case because you just have California, the California teams, and Edmonton with like pretty much all of the Western Conference minus Colorado. But now the Eastern Conference is good again. um, Make the Eastern Conference great again. Um, So yeah, I think that might actually not play out so well for the
0: Eastern Conference when it comes to the playoffs because the West, you know, have so many good teams. They'll just beat each other up, and they Mm -hmm. might be a little bit tired. And, you know, you look at the, the teams like the Kings and the Blackhawks that were battle-tested, they still won the Cup. Right. Imagine what that extra bit of
1: strength is going to do to them this year yeah. if the West isn't as strong as the East. That'll be the East beating each other up. True. Although, at the same time, you have a lot of teams in the East, like the, Pe- the Penguins, uh, the Rangers, kind, yeah, of the Bru- that, you're yeah, right. kind of the Bruins, the Canadians, kind of, as well, so... And Tampa Bay as well. So, those are, like, a lot of teams that are battle-tested as well. Um, But, yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Like, at the same time, you have, like, teams like Toronto, Ottawa, Florida, Columbus, um, who haven't really been in the playoffs at all. So, um, it would be interesting.
0: And although it's early, you know, the Canes, Sabres, and the Islanders, those
1: below 500 teams that you mentioned, they're not... They're, they're a couple of games away from being a ball yeah they're now. not so even they're not even really that bad yeah they're not even that bad they're not like uh, it wasn't like it was last year they're not Colorado or Arizona um, right now so um, just supposed to show you that there are no slouches in the NHL true you, you got you got to earn every win I think that's partially to do with the fact that there's a like overtime loss gives you one point um, because like. For instance, like yeah, you're right. The uh, the Sabers aren't like terrible, or Carolina and the Islanders aren't terrible, but they also they also have eight regulation wins. Um, Detroit has eight regulation wins. Um, so um, you know, New Jersey has nine. Um, so it's not like they're exactly like you know they're winning these in. They're, they're winning a lot those games in, um, overtime. So like it's, yeah. you know, or maybe they're losing a couple of games in overtime. So, um, it's like, I, I feel like that kind of skews the whole standings a bit, but yeah. Um, at the same time, yeah. Um, they're all, it's, it's a lot, of cl- it's a lot more competitive this year. Yeah. um, we also have, uh, Mike Smith last night, um, just, uh, or on Saturday, I should say. Yeah. He, uh, faced 60 shots and, uh, lost the game, uh, to the Blue Jackets. Um, yeah, the Blue Jackets, God, speaking of the Blue Jackets, who, um, who are the surprise team so far, the de facto surprise team, um, yeah, they, uh, they shot on Mike Smith for 60, uh, 60 shots on him. Um, Mike Smith only gave up two of them, so he made 58 saves. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, that's not great for them, but um, <laughs> for the, the, the Arizona Coyotes. But it's nice to see that Mike Smith is uh, back on his game.
0: Yeah, and and prior to that, he was faced, in his previous two starts, he faced at least 40 shots in all of those, Um, and Columbus got their first goal and their first shot of the game, Uh, and they only needed 13 seconds to get on the board. Uh, Smith goes all out after that, stops, I think, 40-plus shots in a row until a goal by Alexander Wenberg uh, beats him with less than three minutes left in regulation. Um, outshot, as you mentioned, sixty to thirty-four. Arizona was by Columbus in yep. this game. Also outshot twenty-three to four in the third, and ten to seven in the five minutes of three-on-three hockey that ensued. Shockingly, the Coyotes lost this game. Uh, Columbus won two for two in the shootout. Poetic yep. justice there. Uh, <laughs> Smith went zero for two in the shootout, but shootout goals don't matter. So his his rather impressive stats remain intact. Now, a lot of people are wondering. How often does this happen? Well, I did some digging, and according to the NHL's website, um, since October 8th, 1987, that's the farthest I could travel back in time, he is just the ninth NHL netminder to face 60 or more shots in an NHL regular season contest. Uh, The most uh, during that time was by uh, Ron Tugnet of the Quebec Nordiques in a game against the Boston Bruins on March 21st, 1991. He faced 73 shots... Stopped 70 of them in a highly entertaining 3-3 tie. Had to settle for a tie. Stopped 70 shots, settled for a tie. Uh, The last goalie to face 60 shots uh, in recent memory was Dwayne Rolison when he was with the Islanders. He did that in a game against Toronto on November 23, 2009. I believe the Islanders also won that game in overtime. Um, Smith's 58 saves are the most by any goalie in an NHL game since Ben Scribbins once upon a time stopped all 59 shots that he faced in an Oilers win over San Jose. Um, So who are some of the other names on that short list of nine names that I mentioned? They are Bob Mason. Uh, He was with Chicago in March of 1988 when he did that. Um, For those of you who don't remember him during his time at the Hawks, you probably remember him during his time at the Capitals. Remember uh, the Easter Epic
1: uh, between the Caps and the Islanders, maybe you've heard stories about I have that. heard stories Bob about it. I, yeah,
0: yeah, he was the Capitals' goalie
1: in that Okay, game. cool.
0: Uh, Tom Barrasso, Pittsburgh, March of 1989. He faced 60 shots or more in a game, later won a Stanley Cup. Mike Richter, Rangers, January 1991, later won a Stanley Cup. Frank Petrangelo, member of the Penguins, in February of 1990, though it should be noted he gave, uh, he was scored on 11 times in that game against Montreal. Uh, Roberto Luongo, Florida, February of 2002, against the highly stacked Detroit Red Wings offense. Should be noted that he was one game away from winning the Cup, as Bruins fans well know. And Cam Ward, Carolina, October 2008, a couple of years after he won his first and to the state his only Stanley Cup. And um, it should also be noted that five of those nine guys that I just mentioned, including uh, Mike Smith, uh, Dwayne Rolson, and Ron Tugnet, were exposed on three occasions or fewer. Um, but the crazy stat, uh, crazy stat of them all is that Ron Tugnett's 73 shots, according to Wikipedia, isn't the NHL record. That record was set all the way back in March of 1941, and the most shots any goalie has had to face in an NHL game is 83. Wow. That honor belongs to Sam Lapresti Never heard of his name in my life, but now you know... That uh, in order to break uh, the all-time NHL record, you would need at least eighty-four shots on goal. So uh, that's probably not going to be broken ever.
1: Right. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I I I hope you guys appreciate that
0: history lesson because sixty shots on goal in the NHL doesn't happen as often as you may
1: think. Well, I don't. I mean, usually it's like thirty shots per game for every team. So, um, but yeah,
0: Columbus doubled that
1: yeah exactly um all right that takes us to the Bruins send segment yeah. um here I think you started last you started yes um last week yeah, uh, I guess I'll go to first this week so yeah so the Bruins had um an interesting a couple of days um I don't know if interesting is actually the right word but um so yeah we um we played, uh, the Flyers, well, we played on Sunday, did we talk about,
0: well, we talked, we, because we recorded on a Monday,
1: we did talk about the Tampa game, oh, yeah, we uh, did talk about they the were Valley. coming off three straight right. losses, they won that game. Yeah, exactly, I, we did mention that, um, so yeah, so we, uh, so they played the, uh, Flyers on Tuesday, um, that was a frustrating game, um, just cause we couldn't get anything going for whatever reason. Um, and then, even
0: though he got forty-seven shots in the game, though, yeah, we
1: had forty-seven exactly. That's why it was so frustrating. We couldn't get anything really going. It seemed like, like a lot of those shots didn't seem like they were like had any chance of going in. But we eventually tied it in the third period. We showed some resilience. Uh, David Krejci and Brad Marchand. I was looking at this on the other day. Did you know that Krejci had like seventy points uh, a couple uh, years ago? Hmm. So yeah, um, so uh, so it's good to have him going. I think he had a goal on on Saturday too, which we'll talk about. But um, yeah, it was a long shootout um, with uh, like really like uh, for whatever for whatever reason we started. We had Ryan. We started with Ryan Spooner and Riley Nash. <laughs> Um, when you could have, you know, had like Pasternak and Brad Marchand, um, if we if we had just replaced Riley Nash with Brad Marchand, um, we might have won that game in the shootout. So little... now, of
0: course you're alluding to Brad Marchand because the only shootout goal you guys scored right, in that exactly. game came from Brad Marchand.
1: Exactly. Um, so that's why I was annoyed by Claude Julien. It's like Brad Marchand's. So you're like our best player in terms of scoring goals right now. So our other than I guess Pasternak too, but like you know, yeah, and, and he almost scored too, but yeah, Pasternak but almost scored too. Exactly, didn't go over the line there. Exactly, so you know it, it just like but like Riley Nash is like a fourth line player. Why don't you just put in either Marshawn or Pasternak in there? So I was I was annoyed by Claude there, but whatever, we got a point. Um, then we um, then we had a. Uh, You know, on Thursday, we played the Carolina Hurricanes, and it was a very similar game to that, where we just couldn't get going, um, we couldn't score, and then in literally the last minute, um, 30 seconds left to be exact, uh, Krug, who never scores, um, got the goal, um, it was like a redirect kind of thing, um, and then this time we actually did win this shootout, so, um... So that was good for us. Um, Anto, Anton Kudobin uh, played his former team. He had, you um, know, twenty nine saves. He only allowed one goal. So, um, so I, I bet you Carolina wishes uh, they had him now. And uh, then, so that's a good confidence booster for the Bruins because exactly. now now they can actually win without two Yeah, exactly. You know? That was uh, Kudobin's first uh, win of this season, so... That was actually the first time, I think, any goalie not named Tuka Rask has won a game for the Bruins this year. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't think Zane McIntyre won a game, Zubin didn't win a game when he was up. No, he hasn't. So, yeah, that was a good thing for them. And then uh, yesterday, or Saturday, uh, the Bruins um, got going again. they, They scored in the first period. David Krejci again. Um and Patrice Bergeron and those are two guys that really need to get going. Um, it's good that we have Pasternak and Brad Marchand who are getting us points, but um, you know Bergeron and Krejci are really the core of our team too. So, um, it's nice to see that they're on the board too. I just hope that it continues. Um, and stuff like that. Char is still out for a bit. Um, but you know our team is been managing sort of, but it's still like, it's tough. Um, we're third in our Atlantic division now. Um, and let's see here. So I guess I can preview the next two weeks um, since we're not going to be here for, um, Yeah, you can do the same too. So yeah. So Monday we play the Panthers um, at home, um, Washington. Um, and then we Play when, on Wednesday we play the Capitals. I guess it's a rivalry night because that's going to be on NBCSN. Yeah. Um, it looks like we're also going to be on NBCSN again ne- the next Wednesday when we play Pittsburgh. Um, then we have a back-to-back. So Wednesday, uh, then Thursday we play the Avalanche. Saturday we play Toronto. So it's not too bad, but. We still have Washington to deal with, so, um, so maybe Kudobin will have a good game on Monday. We'll, or not on on uh on Thursday? I would say probably. I think you would probably play Rask on Wednesday against yeah, the Capitals, think, and then, thir- then Thursday you ahead. have especially Kudobin. the way uh, Colorado's offense
0: has been sputtering as of yep. late
1: too. Yeah, they you have, to have have Lakers Rask, there. Top, which is
0: which is huge. Yep. Oh so, yeah, he'll probably get the start on the Thursday. I would imagine.
1: Yep, uh, then on Monday uh, of the next week, we have Montreal, which is always a big game. Um, in Montreal too, yeah. In Montreal. On uh, Wednesday, I just said that we pl- they play uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Thursday, uh, so then it's another back-to-back. On Thursday, you play Anaheim. um I would assume Cadobin will also play that, even though Anaheim's a little tougher than Colorado is. Um, and then on Sunday, we play LA at 1. So, um, yeah, that's our list. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: uh, just, uh, just It's a to... tough team. It's a, a, a lot of tough teams in that yeah. span, but, um, you know, this is when it should matter most. Um, and hopefully we we'll get Charo back... Um, Miles
0: also hasn't returned for you yeah. guys, has he? Who? John Michael Lyles? No,
1: he hasn't yet. No. no, but um, yeah, it's like this is the time when it's like you know it's like the Kings have you know without quick, you need you need some adversity here, so mm-hmm. it, it should be interesting to see if um, they can do like this is going to be a rough stretch for them. Um, yeah, and like I said, near the tail end of last week's episode,
0: I also yep. said that last week was a big week for them because if they didn't take care of business and beat the teams they were supposed to beat, they'd have their work cut out for them in the next two weeks. Yep. And now you can see why with the schedule that they have. Exactly. Now that they have taken care of business, they need to stay on a roll because if, if they struggle, it's going to be
1: tough to get their feet up. Yep, so. exactly. Um, and I think... Um, yeah, it's true. But like I think like ber- guys like Bergeron, Backus, and Krejci really need to get going. Um, you know, Marshawn and Pasternak still need to keep on doing what they're doing, so, of course. But um yeah, our offense is now that we have Rask who's finally back after the couple of other seasons, you know, it's um we kind of need um we need to win yes. a a lot of these games. So Yeah, Um, so now we'll talk. Yeah,
0: Uh,
1: now we'll talk about your Ottawa Senators. (laughs) Yeah, Um, just just wanted to briefly uh, touch on some things that I also noticed about the Bruins in that Buffalo game. They only had five
0: giveaways.
1: Yeah, twenty-one shot blocks, averaged at least ten shots in all three periods of hockey. And, then uh, Buffalo gets 18 of their
0: 36 shots in the final frame. Right. So it's just a 60-minute game that they need yeah. to work on. And also, their offense, their power play, following that win over Tampa, they went
1: 0-for-10. So uh, their offense needs to pick it up, as you alluded to. I, uh, <laughs> I ju- I, yeah, I forgot to mention that Buffalo only had three shots in the first period of that game, which is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they,
0: they, they can't really do much of anything on home ice. Right. Uh, 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 but... You know, maybe the addition of Jack Eichel, as we mentioned, will help solve that. But yep. in any in any event, Boston took care of the teams they needed to beat. Um, regarding the Sens, the main bright spot for this team since their 4-3 win over Montreal has come from one line: uh, Mike Hoffman, Derek Brassard, and Mark Stone. Uh, they have 23 points and counting since uh, the Habs fell at home for the first time this season at the hands of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, that wasn't the only positive to come out of this week. Uh, Mike Hoffman got his first career NHL hat-trick against the Sabres oh, nice. on Tuesday. Uh, his chemistry was still in particular, has been scary good for the past few weeks as well. And to top it all off, Sens owner Eugene Melnick gave a thumbs up to TD Place, home of the Grey Cup champion Ottawa Red Blacks, trademark, as mm-hmm. the site for an outdoor game in Ottawa. So now the league... We'll get one more look at the idea before making a final decision. So there might be an outdoor game after all. Um, Unfortunately, there was also some bad news. Bobby Ryan re-aggravated that hand injury. He's out. Mark Mathot delivered a hip check, um, a real good one against uh, the Sabres on Tuesday. Got the worst of it. He's hurt now. The Sens called up Freddie Clayson from the Miners. They also recalled Max McCormick uh, to fill in Bobby Ryan's spot. Uh, and in the game against Philly on Thursday, Clayson got hurt, and the team had to call up Andreas Engelin to fill his spot on the blue line. Uh, team performance-wise, they started to revert to their old ways a little bit. In the 5-4 loss to the Buffalo, they fell behind 3-1 in the first, made a game of it in the second. They outshot the Sabres 17-4 in the middle of frame. Their PK, though, was 2-5 for five on the night. So shades of the penalty kill from last year, that wasn't that good. And the last of Buffalo's three power play markers came with 317 left in regulation. So again, another late goal did them in um, game against Philly. They get a two, 0 lead penalty kill much better than it was the game before. Unfortunately, they give up a series of quick goals and tie hockey game. And obviously hard to win games when all you can muster is 21 shots on goal, which the Sens did uh, somehow able to force overtime though. They did get a point, but, uh, just couldn't finish. Uh, hats off to Voracek. Uh, good, hardworking play by him was the difference in OT. Outmuscled Carlson. Gets Hoffman to slightly. Gets Hoffman to slightly overcommit. Sees Giroux wide open. Sets him up for the one timer. Game's over forty seconds in. Um, the good news is a Flyers team that got twenty five shots on goal in the first forty minutes only managed seven in the final twenty minutes and forty seconds. So good on Ottawa for adjusting there. Uh, Faneuf Sisi and Chris Weidman were big factors in that game. Three blue liners combined for 10 of Ottawa's 25 blocked shots on the night. Um, so there were some positives to be had there. Uh, Saturday's game against Florida yielded a better overall outcome as Ottawa emerged victorious. 2 nothing victory there. Um, they got two goals in less than 30 seconds in the first to open up a two-goal lead. They blocked 23 shots. Um Andreas Englund, the newcomer in his uh, first game of the year, gets seven hits. That's a pleasant surprise. Um, but, again, their offense, just Jekyll and Hyde. Um, after those two goals, it just couldn't really get anything going. Uh, overall, they generated 21 shots on goal. The extra man, they were 0 for 7 in that game. Uh, so they've... Just a lot to be desired offensively. But, again, they only gave up 24 shots in that game. Condon got the shutout. Good for him. It should be mentioned that Craig Anderson went on another leave of absence to be with his wife, Nicole, who uh, started her cancer treatments. I'm not sure if he'll be back in time for um, the Monday night game against Pittsburgh or if he'll join the team on the Death Valley road trip. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Certainly, the way Mike Condon has been playing, I think Ottawa can manage without Craig uh, for the short term.
1: Um, Actually, speaking of which, uh, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, Andrew Hammond is reassigned to the AHL.
0: Okay, so that might be a sign that Anderson is back then. Okay. Okay. Uh, Because he was recalled uh, to obviously Oh, right, right.
1: right. That's probably true then, yeah.
0: Uh, just just like um, the Boston uh, Bruins, this Sens team needs to get on a roll. Uh, as I mentioned, they face Pittsburgh Monday. That's off to Death Valley for their annual road trip. They got San Jose Wednesday night, L.A. Saturday at 4 p.m. our time, uh, and uh, Anaheim Sunday at 4 p.m. our time. So both out uh, west are 1 o'clock games. Uh, back home on the 14th for a rematch against San Jose. Then they host New Jersey on Saturday, December 17th. Then they visit the Islanders uh, the very next night on uh, Sunday, December the 18th. And, again, I think it's safe to say we're all going to be scoreboard watching because I think we're going to get to the point where slowly but surely these games matter more and more. So, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Although, both, I guess... Both, st- both Stents and the Bruins have a big couple weeks coming up. I guess... T- to be a fair, every like you know, you always want your team to be on a roll. It's like, it's not yeah. like um, it seems
0: like every it, every week after the previous week is bigger than the week before. Exactly. But I guess that what I guess that's what happens as the games move along. True. Because any bad stretch of games can make or break your seasons.
1: Right. Um, just quickly, there's one last note before we leave. Uh, Yamir Yager was excused from attending his 25th anniversary of his second Stanley Cup because, um, he had a game that night, so, um, <laughs> I thought that's, that's how you know you're old, that's how you know you're old, um, when you can't make your Stanley Cup anniversary, 25th anniversary, I thought. Um, the, uh, the social media stuff, Lay Lay some Podcast, um, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Lace em Up, uh, there. Uh, you can email us at laceupbag at gmail.com. And, um, I think, uh, I think that's it. Oh, wait, subscribe to us on, uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, that would be much appreciated. We tried our best to keep this short, um, or at least to an hour. We didn't do too badly. It's an hour and eight minutes. So, um, yeah, um, we'll see you in two weeks. I'm Brett Duboff.
0: I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again, episode 56 of the Lace Up Podcast.